You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the seventh episode of the ESO 2015 Dragon Con Con Report. The big event is now less than 40 days away. Oh, God. Uh. Yeah, some, you that's insanity. Your- you, need, you need to, someone needs to build me a TARDIS right now. <laughs> yep. This is the penultimate uh, of ESO's monthly specials, counting down to the 2015 show. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our frantic crew. Uh, as we mentioned many times, uh, it's never too soon to prepare, and guess what? It's 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 past that point now. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's almost you like you think if, if you really quit. <laughs> if, if you're not prepared now, then just forget it. Um, <laughs> starting, of course, with. Director Mike Fair. You know, like one of those slurpy headaches you get? You just gave me one, man. You really <laughs> just did. It's like, it like, feels like somebody put an ice pick right between my eyes. Oh, 40 <laughs> days till Dragon Con? Yeah. God, yeah. I've got to start paying these credit cards off so I can afford a hotel. Exactly 36 <laughs> days as we sit here. Oh, God. Yeah. Not that I'm down. Quit it. <laughs> and and that person counting or not counting rather is <laughs> is Darren Noel again joining us. Thank you, Darren. Uh, <laughs> well, well, he is the number cruncher on the show. Technically, I am. I am. It's frightening. I'm in charge of math. It's scary. <laughs> We're all in trouble. Howdy, everybody. What's up? And we also have with us uh, Mary Lou Hu. Welcome back, Mary. Thank you. Thanks for having me as always. How is the uh, how is the the costume coming? You know what? It is okay. Oh, good, <laughs> you good. Know what? That's, that's, but that actually sounds better than it did sort of last month. Um. Well, I have a better idea of what I'm doing now. <laughs> 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 um. I'm not making as many new costumes, so the load is a bit more manageable than usual at this time. But, uh, you know, I got my work cut out for me. Awesome. The um, this is a little bit different than uh, the other shows that we've been doing this year. Uh, so we tried to um, uh, bring you some. Uh, we wanted to bring you some new experiences uh, for us and uh, for those people who've been listening to us for a while. Uh, we've actually uh, got interviews with uh, four track directors that we've never spoken to before. Um, so never had these track directors on uh, either Earth Station One or the Earth Station One a Dragon Con report. So very excited to be talking to uh, Lee Cox from the Costume Track, uh, Kira Lang from the Silk Road Track, Shannon Chestnut from the Apocalypse Rising Track, and Sue Phillips from the Science Fiction Literature Track. 
So I'm uh, very excited to talk to uh, those four individuals. Uh, I've uh, dipped my toe into a few of those tracks over the years, but some of them I've never had any experience with whatsoever. Um, the, the Silk Road I'm really interested in because I, I don't think I've ever, I didn't even know that was a thing. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see what goes on there. So uh, it just goes to show you. I mean, you go there. I've been going to Dragon Con for over 20 years, and I, I've ne- I, I just can't even imagine that I haven't experienced uh, almost half of it, it seems like, sometimes. Mm. So um, anyway, so looking forward to talking to them. But unfortunately, since we are talking to them, we won't have uh, time for the regular crew uh, to join us. But they will be back next month uh, in full force with some of the things that they're looking forward to the most this year. so Okay, definitely. Darren, that means we're off tonight. See you, guys. Yeah, See you Mike. Yeah, You're on your own. No, 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 no. i got no, stuff no. to do, dude. Okay, There's talk to you later. of fabric in no, no. my house right now. <laughs> yeah. I have to it. Come on, Mary, we're out of here. He said we're uh, off tonight. Uh-huh. Make you guys. I and then start sewing, okay? <laughs> this will not end well if you're asking. I, I, don't make me do this show without you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you said the regulars are off tonight. Come on. <laughs> well, when I said off, I didn't mean like, you know, I meant off. They're just kind of off. So. <laughs> anyway, this Earth Station One special report is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, so where you can find all sorts of cool geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, help us out by going through our link on our website page. It's right there at the top. It doesn't cost you any more, and it helps us out a whole lot. Uh, if you want to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. Um, or feel free to email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. And in fact, uh, some of the recommendations for track directors that we got were from people who sent us feedback. So thank you guys for that. Uh, we do listen. We do read. So please keep them coming. Um, so now we're going to do some news and notes real quick. Uh, the first thing I wanted to mention is uh, going over important dates. Um, I think the most important date is that Dragon Con is about 30-some days away. Um, so that's a, a pretty big one. Most of the other dates, uh, volunteer meetings and all that, of sort of uh, guest applications and all that, that's pretty much done. Uh, August 14th is the date for media access application to close. So if you do want to cover this for... For a um, uh, a media outlet, and uh, you know, blogging, podcasting, they have to uh, vet you. So uh, make sure you get your applications in as soon as possible to make sure to see if you're covered to be granted a media access pass. Uh, also, August fifteenth is the final day of the advanced membership rate of one hundred and thirty dollars. So it's gone up quite a bit over the year, as you can tell. Uh, so if you want to just save as much as you can or as little as you can at this point, uh, you want to get your membership passes by uh, by August 15th. Um, and then you'll have to get them at the door. And I think single tickets, if I'm not mistaken, single passes are available now for Saturday. Is that, do you guys, have you heard that or not? I have not. Okay. Not I, I think they are now. So I think you can actually go to the site. Um, but check it out at dragoncon.org. Uh, and they um, and and they have all the information there on on, on memberships that you can get now. So um, that's the those are the dates. Uh, also, want to point out that um, the app is rumbling out there. Uh, the DragonCon app, um, it, the 2014 one, got an update suddenly earlier this week uh, across uh, the platforms. 
So my guess is that instead of having to download a completely new app this year, that they are actually updating uh, the, the last one so that we won't have to download a new app. I think if you have all your settings, you won't lose all your settings from the 2014 app. You'll have the same settings. It'll just be a uh, new information on it. So that's actually pretty cool. I think this is the first time we've actually been able to use the same app for uh, the following year. So I hope that continues. But that's just a guess uh, because, like I said, it did get updated with some information. I have seen some screens that do say, upcoming dragon con 2015 uh, on it uh so um uh, i i definitely encourage people to download the app um uh, if for no other reason sometimes you know you can't use the app that well uh, during the convention because of usage issues um but uh the app is important uh if you're going to attending panels and supporting panels and letting dragon con know how you feel about each event that you attend uh, one of the things that we've talked to um, in the interviews and uh, off air with a lot of track directors, a lot of volunteers, is that a lot of decisions that they made about their tracks, about panels, were due to the feedback they got on the app last year. So uh, definitely you, you keep using that. Keep using that. Make your voice heard. Download the app. And then once you attend a panel – even if it's like a few weeks afterwards, uh, rate it and, and put comments on there because they yeah. do get read. Exactly. Despite all that, they even did invite ESO back. So it's perfect. <laughs> I know, right? How did that happen? <laughs> and, and speaking of which, um, a little bit of announcement on our own uh, for uh, self-serving for ESO. Uh, we've actually got uh, something that we're making a date or it's making its debut at Dragon Con, which is a new project that we've uh, worked on. Uh, it's called the ESO. It's an, an anthology of short stories, and uh, it's to benefit the Earth Station One network. We asked a lot of uh, hosts that are members of the Earth Station One network. Uh, a lot of them are writers. Uh, some of them are very accomplished and award-winning writers, and uh, we asked them if to participate in this project. And uh, we got five people that said yes and uh, couldn't be happier. Uh, I'm putting the book together uh, this month. And it'll make its debut at Dragon Con. It'll be available for sale at uh, my table in the uh, the comic and pop artist alley. Uh, we also have an official signing time so that you can meet all the people that were involved with writing the stories. And I can tell you right now that they the the five stories are written by uh, Dr. Scott Vigay, who is a, a guest at Dragon Con this year. Uh, Van Allen Plexico, the award-winning Van Allen Plexico, who again is a is a guest this year. The award-winning Bobby Nash. Uh, again, uh, attending professional this year, um, Joe Crow, who runs the uh, American Classics Sci-Fi Track, and, and myself, who is also a guest this year, and with an introduction by director Mike Faber, so who's also a guest this year. So uh, it's very uh, uh, much a, a great thing that we wanted to do for Dragon Con because Dragon Con means so much to us because we, we love attending. We love being a guest there. So we wanted to put this project together to debut at Dragon Con. Um, and I've read the stories. Uh, I'm actually putting, like I said, putting the book together now. I couldn't be happier. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun take. Uh, the uh, theme of everybody's story is basically, um, it's called Tales of the Station and just some different interpretations of 
the fun folks here at Earth Station One um, in the fictional universe we have uh, set up, and that our station that revolves around this planet. So it's uh, it's very fun. Um, I can't wait to people check it out. Oh, and did I mention one of the best parts is it features a cover by the award-winning Mark Maddox. So uh, it's uh, really fun, been a fun project to put together, and uh, I can't wait till everybody checks it out at DragonCon. So with that being said, uh, there are some other cool people coming to DragonCon. So without further ado, Mike and Mary. Well, let's start off with Richard Hatch. Richard Hatch is once again returning to DragonCon. Richard, is, of course, is known as, you know, Captain Apollo from Battlestar Galactica, the original. And he was also... He's in both. Yeah, that's true. He was on both. And yep. he was also uh, Streets of San Francisco. Yep. He took over for... Um, Michael Douglas. Uh, Hank Pym. Exactly. Yeah, Hank Pym. <laughs> so he will be back at Dragon Con this year. It should be actually kind of fun to see him. Awesome. Larry Elmore is one of the world's leading fantasy artists. His works have graced the covers of National Lampoon, Heavy Metal, and Dragon Magazine, among others. He's best known for his authors for the original Dragonlance novels. Kristen Bauer is best known as the vampire Pamela Swanford de Buffont on HBO's True Blood and the sorceress Maleficent on ABC's Once Upon a Time. Stephanie Leonidas is currently playing the role of Erisa in the sci-fi hit Defiance. Dino Andrade um, is the voice actor is best known as the Scarecrow from Batman Arkham Asylum and the voice of Pop of the Rice Krispie Snack cra- Snap Crackle and Spop. <laughs> wow, that's, awesome. that's some range he's got there. Oh, very much so. <laughs> Rob Paulson is one of the top voice actors in cartoon acting and an Emmy Award and Annie Award winner. He is also best known as Yakko from the Animaniacs, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, Raphael from the original TMNT series, and Donatello on the new TMNT series, as well as hundreds of other characters. We are so getting him on the podcast this year. Yes! Yay! Yes, you know, he's Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru. <laughs> 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 oh, damn straight. And if you, you know, I want him being pinky on the podcast. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and if they announce uh, that Louis the Marsh is coming too, I like, I will be in heaven. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, so, all right. Tom Mission is an English filmmaker best known for his role as Ichabod Crane on the current show, Sleepy Hollow. Doc Hammer writes voices and does other crap for the Venture Brothers. It's a show you can watch on cable TV. <laughs> <laughs> Go Team Venture! Pam Mariko performs for film, television, and theater. She's the principal puppeteer for Sesame Street. She is the director for theater, television, and film, the artistic director of the National Puppetry Conference at the O'Neill, and the secrecy of the board of the Jim Henson Foundation. Aaron Sagers is a TV personality and professional nerd who's hosted for Travel Channel, Sci-Fi, HBO, Universal Home Entertainment, and for the biggest names at any fan convention, including Stan Lee, David Tennant, Chris Hemsworth, and more. He serves as editor art-at-large for NBC Universal's Blaster.com. Cheryl Henson serves on the board of directors for the Jim Henson Company. She is also the president of the Jim Henson Foundation. Karen Falk is the Jim Henson Company's archivist. She's also the author of Imagination Illustrated. 
the Ken Spivey Band's coming back. Um, they're fun, basically, Doctor Who geek rock band. And, you know, they hang out at the Brit Tracks. You know, check them out. Jim Stranko <laughs> is an American graphic artist, comic book writer, artist, historian, magician, publisher, and film production illustrator. Awesome. Jesse Rath is currently on the sci-fi series Defiance, playing the role of Alec Tarr. Debbie McClellan is the vice president of the Muppet Studio, where she oversees production, talent relations, and serves as creative lead for the Muppet brand at the Walt Disney Company. Meredith Rose is staff attorney at Public Knowledge, where she focuses on copyright and telecommunication matters. She also works on IP and tech issues at the FCC Transatlantic Consumer Dialogue and Knowledge Ecology International. When not luring, she's an avid gamer and fan nerd. It's actually lawyering. Lawyering? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Bro. Oh, screw <laughs> off. <laughs> screw off. Where's that disconnect for Mary? Nice. Hey, you wanted me to be energetic, and this is what you get, okay? Damn it. <laughs> Leslie Carrera Rudolph, a multifaceted entertainer, writer, artist, voiced actress, songwriter, and puppeteer, best known for performing Abby Kabat. Oh crap, I don't know this kid stuff. Abby Kadabi. On Sesame Street, for which she received five Emmy nominations. Leslie spreads joy with her live shows, workshops, and outreach using her beloved characters Lolly, Lard Pop, and Granny Dot. James Leary's television credits include a two-year stint as Clem, the loose-skinned demon on the critically acclaimed Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Starring <laughs> James turned the original five-line part at the beginning of season six into a regular recurring role and was soon a fan favorite. That guy's awesome. He is awesome. Clem yeah. is awesome. Anna Silk currently stars as the lead character Bo on the sci-fi showcase hit series Lost Girl. Carrie S. Means is a voiceover artist that's been working for the Cartoon Network Adult Swim for the past 15 years as the voice of Frylock in the show Aqua Teen Hunger Force, a.k.a. Aqua, Teen, Aqua TV show show. Okay. <laughs> Peter Mayhew plays Chewbacca in the original Star Wars trilogy and most recently in Episode 7, The Sports Awakens. <laughs> John Wesley Shipp is coming to Dragon Con. He's going to be so fast you won't be able to see him. Exactly. <laughs> Another one from The Flash. How about that? John Wesley Shipp played the title role of Barry Allen The Flash in the 1990-1991 series and now could be seen in the CW's The Flash playing Barry Allen's father, Harry Henry Allen. Sorry. Louis John Robinson. During a 35-year career in the BBC, Louis began as a film editor and ended as a producer and scriptwriter and an on-air performer in local radio and Radio 4. Alex Kingston is coming to Dragon Con. That's right, sweeties. River Song herself is coming. You got the vapors. Exactly. Um, what hasn't she done? She's been on Arrow. She's been on ER, Doctor Who, NCIS. You know, everything. ER. Yeah, ER. I just, I just want people to imagine John Berriman and Alex Kingston crashing yeah. a party <laughs> at Dragon Con. That's all you need, sweetie. You're exactly. done, darling. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And sickening. Very awesome. And they also announced today, actually, that uh, Michelle Nichols is coming to be the Grand Marshal of the Dragon Con Parade. Yay, Ooh, Lieutenant Uhura! Yes, we are so excited. You know, it was touch and go for her for a bit. 
And well, I guess that she did give us a scare. So yeah. it's nice that she's doing well. And yes, she will be, I'm sure, uh, get, get much love at, uh, and during the parade and all weekend. And like we said last time, this is just a fraction of who we have coming to Dragon Con this year. If we've missed anyone the last month, go to dragoncon.org and look under guests. There are hundreds and hundreds of people they have announced just over the last month. And yeah. I don't think they're done yet. No. no. I, well, no, they're not. And uh, two, I wanted to point out that um, I don't know if they were actually on the, the, the website guest list per se, but – uh, I don't think we covered this uh, last uh, last time, but they DragonCon has announced their official 2015 Literary and Artist Guest of Honor. Uh, the Literary Guest of Honor this year uh, goes to Peter F. Hamilton, and the artist is, uh, pardon me if I'm butchering this, uh, Cirillo uh, Cabral. Um, and um, Hamilton is best known for writing space operas, uh, Romantic and often melodramatic adventures. Um, a, uh, and uh, uh, Cabral has uh, done many, many book covers for heavy metal, uh, some George Lucas book covers, uh, a lot of uh, album covers for Steve Vai. Uh, his artwork can also be found on Magic the Gathering cards. Uh, he's He's been everywhere. So uh, they will do a uh, – I think they do a special banquet, right? The, the awards banquet uh, where they honor those individuals. So – um, uh, congratulations to both of them. And uh, the banquet's not the only party by far at uh, Dragon Con. So how was that for a, a segue there, Darren? That was a nice segue there, Mike. <laughs> I love when you segue to me. <laughs> well, um, what is the status on, uh, on, on the parties that are going on? Oh, my weekend? God. If, if, there's, if there's a moment at Dragon Con, there's a party going on. So there's, there's your status. Uh, Obviously, things are still working their ways out, but I pulled from last year's Daily Dragon, along with a few things that I know are going on, a few of the hot, hot, hot parties. And I'm going to go down the list here real quick. Y'all, Mary, Mike, Mike, interject as you see fit. Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday is the new I think Thursday I think it's party. important to, to just pause there for a second. Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday is the new Thursday. Wednesday is the new Thursday party or the Welcome Home Wednesday party. 8 p.m. Pulse Bar at the Marriott. There you go. That starts it. So it begins. So it begins. Oh, Um, I'm sure it's going to actually start on Sunday or something. (laughs) The Sunday before. I've been trying to convince people to come down on Tuesday with me, but I couldn't get anyone to do it. Aw. It's just going to be Mary. I tried. At the Pulse Bar by herself. By herself. Whatever, why not? Like, I'm already taking Wednesday off work. Just leave Tuesday night, be there, and get up Wednesday. I I seriously doubt you'll be alone. You won't be alone. You won't be alone. There's no way. Oh, I'm not doing it. We didn't get the room for that night, unfortunately. Uh I couldn't do it myself. Okay. Well, obviously on Thursday we have registration, and of course there's a party in line during registration, always. Uh, There's the newbies uh, meet and greets, the walking tours. Please check the DragonCon newbies uh, Facebook group. For info about that, if you're new to Dragon Con, cannot stress uh, the importance of getting to know the lay of the land of Dragon Con and getting to know some people right off the bat because it can totally make your con. Um, the Ether Lounge featuring friend of the show, DJ Dr. Q. Um, that will be, we believe, now these places were from last year, but the alternate history track tends to stay in the Westin, so I'm going to guess that this is going to be around the same time, 8.30 in the Augusta Ballroom in the Westin. 
Again, check Daily Dragon for updates. This is all from 2014. Friday, well, here we go. Um, there's the monster mashup. Last year it was the uh, Intergalactic Military Ball, which I heard everyone had a fun time at. This year it's going to be the Monster Mash. So I guess we're taking a little horror um, thing, and it benefits the um, Dragon Con charity, the Lymphoma. I forget the exact name of it, but right, that's right. the one that it's going to benefit. Um, the Tolkien Trek will have their evening at Bree. That's traditionally on Friday. So if you feel like going down to the Shire and having a pint, feel free. Uh, let's see here. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Da 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 da. Saturday. Woohoo. Um, scrolling, 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 scrolling. The Avengers Ball. Um, Saturday, 10 p.m. Um, at the West. Oh, sorry. Is that Friday? This is Friday, isn't it? No, it's Saturday. It says Saturday. Okay. The Avengers Ball. Uh, there's the Heroes and Villains Ball. There's the Last Party and Alderaan Ball. There is the Spectrum Party, which is near and dear to my part. It's the LGBTIQA party for all of us um, on a different track of our sexuality party. It's really fabulous. Um, and Sunday, there are all kinds of fun things going on. Most um, notable is the Yule Ball, which is in the Young Adult Lit Track, which is a Harry Potter-themed event. And, of course, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, there will be concerts going on. And then usually around 3 a.m., there will be a rave to go until 7-ish a.m. in the Marriott. Did I miss anything, guys? I know I missed a lot, but those are the highlights. Oh, that's the highlight. And, of course, there is a dedicated DragonCon Parties uh, Facebook page, too, for you to check out. And, you know, there's definitely – there's – all different types of parties. There's meet and greets and there's, you know, tons and tons of just everywhere you look, there's going to be a party no matter what you're into. Parties in hallways. Oh, there will be. <laughs> there totally will be. You can't find a party at Dragon Con. There's, there's parties in bathroom stalls. Hey, hey, hey. You're doing it wrong. Uh, those charges were never filed. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you are into the party scene and you just want to dance and get your groove on, please do so. There's all kinds of opportunities for you to get out there and meet some people and have a good time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. You're um, and, uh, and Mike, I, I believe we have some late breaking guest news. Why? Yes, oh. we do. Oh, yes, we do. Some right out of, uh, Dragon Con, as we just... Uh, Are going to squee? Mm. Are Mary and I going to squee? I, I squeed, but, you know, you guys might not. Okay. Um, Steve oh. Whitmire is coming to Dragon Con. For those who don't know who Steve Whitmire is, he is the voice of Kermit the Frog. Oh. Yay! Yay! So, so we've got Kermit and Big Bird. Well, uh, I guess they're doing a really big push for the new Muppets TV show coming on. Yeah, I think. I think so. (laughs) I'm sensing a lot of Jim Henson Foundation guests coming. So, yeah, I think so. Well, Well, that and the fact, too, that, I mean, um, the uh, I think the puppetry track has just been it's not even five years old. It's it's already been become one of the biggest events, one of the biggest tracks attractions at Dragon Con. Plus, you've got everything that's going on with the uh, Puppetry Museum uh, opening up the the new center uh, later this year. Uh, very exciting time to be into puppets, especially in the Atlanta area. 
Oh, very much so. And like we said, folks, probably even by the time this episode goes live, there's going to be more announcements and they're starting to get big. You know, they, like we said, it was, uh, Michelle, they announced earlier today. Now they announced Steve yesterday. They announced Alex Kingston. And so I just get a feeling we're going to be getting bigger and bigger over the next week or two. It's possible. If we were getting some people from the flash. Yeah, that's what I'm just thinking that Grant (laughs) is going to show up. I'm waiting for Grant Gustin's name to drop. Yeah. I'm shocked they haven't done it yet. But then, as Mike said earlier, he'll just run in, you know? Yeah, he'll run in and run out. Exactly. <laughs> Mary's going to get her track shoes on. Hey, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> well, I guess I guess on a related note, I guess I could report that uh, uh, Eliza Dusku has reported that she will not be able to attend Dragon Con. So, Mike, you're safe. Oh. You're safe, Mike. Actually, Aww. she did that. I within, am no longer five by five. I, I think she uh, she's got her brother's wedding or some silly thing to. to well, go to. family's important. So um, I, it was interesting that she she made that announcement right about the same time that Alice Kington said she was coming. So I don't know well, if there's any relation there, but um, uh, I'm I'm happy. So. Um, in any case, yes, keep uh, abreast of the all the information that's coming up uh, with uh, guests and everything else at the – I think the best place to go is the uh, Facebook page. Uh, they're really good about updating that almost on an hourly basis when stuff is happening. So I definitely recommend checking that out. So, uh, But now it's time to check out some, some tracks that we have not really checked out before. So very interested to uh, learn about these tracks, and we're going to start with the – costume track and joining us now for the first time on the earth station one station uh here up here is lee cox the director of the costuming track at dragon con welcome to the station lee thanks for having me guys so how long have you been associated with dragon con uh officially associated with dragon con since 2004 Okay. Were you go? Were you unofficial before that? Were you going to the convention before then, or I, I was going to the convention for about six or seven years before that. <laughs> okay, so you are you are not you are an, uh, an old veteran of Dragon Con. Uh, yeah, for, for <laughs> lack of a better word, absolutely. <laughs> Mike, you know it's not good to call people old on the show. Yeah, I know, and I'm, uh, I'm 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 right there with you. So um, it's. It's fairly appropriate, however. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we all know that Dragon Con can certainly put years on you. So uh, um, how did you decide to get involved with a, an actual track? Well, originally, um, a lady friend of mine was involved with registration, and she tried to talk me into joining as a volunteer because she wanted someone on registration that she knew. And, of course, I went to one of the meetings, and uh, the costuming track director at the time was seeking help, and that appealed to me more than working registration. So uh, so I did sign up to start volunteering for Dragon Con, but my friend did not exactly get what she wanted. Um, and uh, that was in 2004, and then I was the costume track director in 2010. Oh, wow. Congratulations on that. And uh, so, yeah, this is uh, – now – Costuming costumes, huge, huge part of Dragon Con um, has oh been for God. has been for a long time. How long has the? I mean, I don't remember there particularly being. Has there always been a track de- devoted to costuming? Uh, actually, the costuming track started in two thousand and three. They realized that costuming was so 
central centrals of what uh, Dragon Con represents, and that everyone was really big on costuming. And there seemed to be a little debate about, okay, do we want to keep it in the the separate genre tracks because you know some people are fans of Harry Potter, others are are bigger fans of like Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever. Uh, and then they realized that there was a huge need for an actual genre-neutral costuming track that actually goes into a little more detail about how to create some of these looks, uh, not just specifically to the, the individual genres. So we're actually genre-neutral. We, uh, as I tend to describe it, we will show you how to make a cape and then whether or not you turn that into a superhero or um, something for another genre that's entirely up to you. Absolutely. I know that uh, a lot of the track directors that we've talked to in the past and the experience that I've had with them, a lot of the tracks have their own sort of like, you know, the Star Wars one will do a costume contest and and all that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Do you actually do, is it just like workshops and and instructional or do you guys do um, contests and and, and parties and stuff? Uh, We do both. Absolutely. Um, We call ourselves the DIY of Dragon Con because most of our events and panels are are definitely like classroom style. We we have a good bit of hands-on instruction. Uh, The panelists are not afraid to hand things out, let you get your hands on it, see what it feels like, see what the final product looks like once you're done with it, and uh, teach you exactly how you can create these different looks that you're going for. Um, Unfortunately, the panels are one hour long, just the same as any other track. So sometimes it's a little difficult to get all of the information packed into one hour, but they do a pretty good job of getting as much of it out there as possible. But we also have a few contests as well. Um, We have a craftsmanship contest on Friday night. Uh, It's specifically geared toward the creators of the costumes, not just the wearers, but specifically the creators. And and our judges go over the costume with a fine-tooth comb, look at the documentation and everything, and, and decide the, the best costume constructionally. Um, and then on Sunday, we have a makeup makeover challenge because makeup and props is part of the costuming track. Uh, the makeup makeover challenge is kind of like uh, if you've ever seen Face Off on the Sci-Fi Channel, it's kind of like that, but on speed, because <laughs> these contestants have... 50 minutes to complete a look, not three days like you get on the, the <laughs> face-off. Uh, so, but that's interesting and fun and, and always a nice little challenge. And uh, this year, we're not hosting it, but we are heavily involved in a new contest called the Chosen. It's spelled like Chosen, but it's actually Japanese for challenge. And it's a cosplay contest being held at the Georgia Aquarium on Saturday night. We're very excited about that. Wow, very cool. Is that your first foray over there? Uh, It is, absolutely. Um, Dragon Con has uh, had a nice little relationship with the Georgia Aquarium for several years now, and the aquarium decided they wanted to bring a little bit more of the Dragon Con experience into their doors. And uh, what better way to do it than to have a costuming contest? And uh, with cosplay being... Super huge right now. A little bit of the uh, craftsmanship of costuming mixed in with a little bit of the showmanship. We could not resist making our first official cosplay contest. I, I think it's our first official. The the animation track I believe has had 
some cosplay contests in the past, so I might want to back up a little bit before I say our first official. But uh, it's the first official Dragon Con wide contest being held at the Georgia Aquarium. And it's the first costuming event the Georgia Aquarium's ever had. So it's going to be very exciting. That's that sounds huge. How how is that different than, than say like what what goes on with the like the uh, masquerade? Okay, uh, now we don't do the masquerade. That's handled by one of our friends that handles some of the main programming. But right. the difference that I from from what I can tell you is the masquerade focuses on presentation. A lot of folks are allowed to dress up, come in, do a presentation. doesn't really matter if they made the costume or if the costume was given to them or purchased. The focus is on the presentation, and it's all about the fun and the comedy, and, and that's very much so needed. Uh, but you cross that with our Friday night costuming contest that focuses on the costume and the craftsmanship and that Excellent. kind of thing. You mesh those two together, and you have the world of cosplay. Nice, nice. That's that's excellent. Um, so yeah, you are really focused more on on actual creating costumes, uh, unique costumes, uh, and uh, also like if you know if someone wants a a character that they that they like a lot, um, you guys can help mm-hmm. them through that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, we have uh, quite a few experts that talk about recreation, whether it's a period piece or if it's something straight out of a movie or a TV show. Um, and there's also entire groups that are dedicated to uh, research on particular types of costume and getting them studio ready and studio quality exactly as it appeared in the movie. Um, once again, if it gets too far down the rabbit hole with a specific genre, we try to refer them to that particular track because they have their own group of individuals that can go into much more detail about that specific genre. Uh, but as far as if you just want to know how to add some electronics to your costume, or if you would like to know more about dying and distressing, regardless of what that looks like, whether you're looking at a post-apocalyptic or, or zombie or, you know, superheroes that have been battle-worn, uh, we have panels on that. Um, we do panels on hair we do panels on leather crafting patterning you name it we've got it awesome um can you talk uh, already about uh, some of the the people that you've got joining you for panels actually i can (laughs) (laughs) so so what would you like to know we um probably some of our bigger names are with um face off we do have several folks from face off coming Oh, very nice. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I have, uh, let me look at this, make sure I don't miss anyone, because it has been a rather long week, and I just want to make sure that I've got all my ducks in a row. Absolutely. And I can tell you that R.J. Hattie is coming, Roy Woolley is coming, I have Frank Ippolito, um, let's see, who else? Um, Rachel Wagner, uh, Stella Fensel. And I had that in front of me just a moment ago. There's one more guy coming. Uh, all former contestants of Face Off. Um, and several of them are going to be emceeing the Makeup Makeover Challenge. So no pressure there on our contestants. <laughs> um, but at least you're, at least, you know, they're, they're, they're actually 
people with a lot of experience there. So that's pretty, that's oh, really absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. 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 It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then probably, um, one of the nicer, uh, one of the nicest guys I know that's coming all the way from London is Robert Alsop. I definitely want to get his name out there. Sure. He he did the reimagining of the um, the armament and and uh, everything for the new Judge, uh, Judge Dredd movies. Oh, cool. Um, with with Keith Urban, he was the, the mastermind behind that. He created uh, props for the X Men movie series. Um, just a brilliant, brilliant man, Doctor Who. He's had his hands in that. Um, absolutely brilliant. Very down to earth. You can ask him anything and he'll tell you exactly how he made it or how to make your own if you have variances that you want to do. Just brilliant man. And he is going to be one of our judges for the Friday night costuming contest. Gotcha. Um, I, yeah, I was going to yeah. bring in. Hmm? Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to mention that we're also bringing in Sherilyn Lambeth, who de- has done costuming for the Jim Henson Corporation. Um, she also does a lot of puppetry, so you'll probably see her on the puppetry track a good bit. Sure. But she, but she's rooted in costuming, and she's done a lot for the uh, the television and um, stage industry. So she's going to be a wonderful addition to our lineup as well. Yeah, uh, that's. I'm glad you mentioned that because my, my next question was going to be if you're pulling people who are doing you know actual wardrobe costuming for active television and movies right now, especially with you know all the the production that's going on in in the, the Atlanta area. Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I mentioned earlier that we're doing a distressing panel. I have one, two, three, four, five six people on that panel that are actually currently active in the new Avengers movie that's being filmed right here in Atlanta. Oh, very cool. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be a great panel to sit on. We're going to be busting out the walls for that one. (laughs) So, Um, so yeah. So if you're interested in, in costuming and cosplay, going to conventions and, and creating that, that's one thing. But if you're also seriously interested in, what goes into costuming for active productions, your track is, mm-hmm. is the place to be. That That's really cool. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've covered um, electronics and robotics in costuming before. Uh, not this year. We do have an electronics and costuming panel, but it's more for beginners. Um, and we also have a low-tech panel this year for folks that want to learn how to get gears and things on their costume. But, but not, you know, electronic savvy. Um, and then we have various makeup panels, whether you're interested in uh, just cosplay quality. Uh, well, not just cosplay quality. These cosplay folks are really serious about their makeup. Uh, but there is a difference between the cosplay quality makeup and makeup that's seen in film. Usually cosplayers are in their makeup for several hours sweating and it's 360 degrees. You can actually get away with just one side of an actor's face for a few minutes with a makeup job in the film industry. Um, and then they can always stop frame and do touch-ups. Whereas cosplayers, it may not be as elaborate as what you see on the film, but it's longer lasting typically. So, so it's kind of interesting to see the different... 
uh, techniques that are used for each one of those types of makeup jobs just so that they can each get the type of effect that they're going for. Now, um, the obviously being a track director, a lot of work, a lot of uh, uh, stuff that you have to do. Do you get a chance also to take part in costuming? Do you have your own costumes that you create for Dragon Con? <laughs> Oh boy, you had to go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in the past, uh, honestly, the last time I've costumed at Dragon Con was in 2009. Simply because uh, Dragon Con's not the only con that I'm physically involved with. Uh, so I, had, I started finding myself unable to get to some of my projects uh, that are specifically for the con for other projects that I have going on and planning the con too. Uh, well, this year I'm flipping that back on its ear and I'm actually going to appear in several costumes this year. So very I'm, I'm cool. very excited very cool. about that. Yeah. Are, are, are they, are they ones that you can reveal or is it, Oh, you got to wait and see. Um, I can reveal one simply because oh. we had a cosplay photo shoot around it back in March and, and a lot of people have already seen it. If, uh, if you've seen my Facebook page, I, there are several pictures of me in a Mad Max-style post-apocalyptic costume. I will be bringing that to Dragon Con. Wow, and I got a feeling that that's going to be very popular this year. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I, I got a feeling. Otherwise, see, I will be feeling very awkward. <laughs> I, I, I got a feeling we're going to see a lot of those uh, a lot of those uh, bald boys running around uh, this year. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> lots of those. Um, um, yeah, and it's, it's very I, I'm cool. Already it's... Seeing, uh, yeah, I'm already seeing where a lot of costumers are starting to post uh, progress pictures of their costumes, and yeah, I've seen quite a bit of Mad Max going on. So I'm excited. That's, about that's that. awesome. It's been a while since we've had a, a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff at Dragon Con. That, it's it's about time that that theme kind of came back. So I'm looking forward to that. Exactly. Action. Yeah, uh, for the last several years, if you said post-apocalyptic, everyone's brain automatically went to zombies. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, so now we're, they're getting to see that post-apocalyptic just doesn't necessarily mean just zombies. There's other things out there as well, and, and I'm very excited about that. Not that there's anything with, wrong with zombies. I, I like zombies. Nope. <laughs> nope. In fact, we're, we're talking to the uh, Apocalypse Rising people a little bit later on in the show. So. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. Tell them I said hi. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so where is your track located? We're in the Marriott rooms M one hundred three through one hundred five. We've okay. knocked down the air walls, turned it into one giant room. Come on in. We'll have a good time. Awesome, awesome. And uh, before the convention, where can people find you guys online? Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Dragon Con Costuming Tracks, um, or it may be. Let me double check that just to make sure. I get a little ahead of myself sometimes when I've had very little sleep. <laughs> it's uh, actually, yes, Facebook costuming. Listed as DC, yeah, on Facebook it's listed as DC costuming track, or no, Dragon Con costuming track. Um, yep, it is. It's cost, uh, Dragon Con costuming track. Pretty easy to find. Uh, or you could just simply email us at costuming at dragoncon.org. Okay, and we'll have those links up in our show notes and on our website when the show is released so that people can, can find you and check you out before the convention. So um, anything else I you need to, to let us know about the your track this year? 
Uh, if I could mention one other thing, I would really appreciate it. Absolutely. We are, uh, uh, as you know, Dragon Con has a charity of choice each year. Um, and uh, this year is the Lymphoma Research Foundation. And uh, we are doing a cosplay charity auction as part of the fundraising uh, events for that particular um, organization. Um, it's actually kind of near and dear to our hearts this year because we've had a few family members within the Dragon Con family that have been affected by cancer. So uh, we're all doing our part to try to raise as many funds as possible for this wonderful organization, and ours is this charity auction where basically people can donate their uh, new or gently used costumes. We can't take used makeup or wigs, but we can take uh, anything that is clean and in great shape uh, that folks maybe are no longer interested in that genre or they've gained weight or lost weight or whatever the case may be. Uh, just made a new helmet and discovered they made it a size too small, whatever that might be, we will be happy to take that donation, give you a receipt that you can write off of your taxes, and someone out there will be more than happy to give that item a new home, get it out on the con floor so that it can still be seen as opposed to being packed away in the back of a closet or in a basement somewhere, uh, and raise funds for charity at the same time. So it's a triple win situation, and we're very proud of this particular event. So if anyone is interested in donating to that, please contact us. Again, that's uh, costuming at dragonthon.org. That's, that's very cool. It's a, it's a great idea. So good for you guys. Um, yeah, thank you. And, uh, well, very cool. We're definitely looking forward to uh, the weekend and, and checking out the costuming track. Uh, I wish you well uh, Labor Day weekend at Dragon Con. And uh, as many people as they can, just uh, stop by your room and check out the track. Thank you. And now joining us, uh, first time, another first-time director on the station, we have with us Kira Lang, the director of the Silk Road. Welcome to your Station One. Well, thanks for having me. So how long have you been associated with DragonCon? How long have you been going? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if you were going before you were associated with the track, but uh, um, what's your history with DragonCon? Yeah, I went to DragonCon years ago. My first convention was WorldCon, and a friend of mine, because we were both into science fiction books, we didn't know there was such a thing as con, found out about it, and went to the WorldCon in uh, uh, New Orleans, and... Then I found out there was one in Atlanta and started going and just was totally geeking out the whole time. It was really awesome. <laughs> about, what, really? about what year was that? I really have no idea. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I, I took a few years off. Sure. Probably, I don't know, 10 years ago. Okay. I stopped going for a couple of years and then my younger brother wanted to go and I thought, oh, well, I need to go with him. And so I started going again and have been going ever since. Now, how did you? Years. How did you get associated with the the Silk Road track? Um, the original director of the Silk Road track was. I was very excited to see that there was one, and um, I offered to help out with doing an exposition show. So I knew a lot of belly dancers, and I a friend of mine did uh, Chinese dance. She was with the Atlanta Chinese Dance Company, and I said, "Oh, it would be really awesome if we had some of the congoers who I know." you know, are coming to Dragon Con anyway to have a show and let them show their talent. And so that was seven years ago, I think it started. 
And um, and then a few years ago, they were looking for a new track director, and um, I offered. It was kind of like a month before the convention when I found out about it. Wow. And uh, that was in 2011. And they already had some guests and things, so they already had a few things in place, and so we threw it together. I was actually on a week-long camping trip when I found out about it, so I, we threw it all together at the last minute, and it turned out great. It was a lot of fun. And again, you know, my connections within the community of dancers and musicians and, you know, things like that just made it really super simple and really a lot of fun. So, so tell us what the, what goes on. What is the um, theme of the, the Silk Road? The Silk Road is pretty much anything related to the Silk Road from the Middle East to the Far East um, that isn't covered by anime. We do have a little bit of crossover, like we have some Godzilla crossover and things like that, but we try to cover some history and some modern stuff and some future stuff if we can fit it in there. Um, but the Silk Road is really, really huge, so we have a lot of things <laughs> going on, like um, origami, uh, again, Godzilla. We have someone this year who's going to do an uh, Iron Chef retrospective. He did it a couple years ago. Um, that sounds fun. Really fun. It was really fun. He had a lot of clips, some from Japan that weren't shown on the uh, Food Network here in, in the States. And, um, you know, just we have kawaii culture from Japan, the cuteness culture, um, K-pop, uh, martial artists, um, ton of stuff. Kung fu. That, that's a lot. I mean, that's a weekend's worth right there. Yeah, I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what uh, what do you got uh, going on this year in particular? Uh, I assume that you have. Do you have a pretty much a, a schedule? I know it's. I know things can change still, but uh, yeah, some guests the schedule. Eh, we have a schedule, but it's under review, so things could change at the last minute, especially if a really big guest comes. You know, sure, you got to fit them in there somewhere. Um, but we have some things that. We have pretty consistently, like, the Asian ball-jointed dolls, which a lot of people don't know about. Um, what is that? They're, com- they're completely customizable dolls that people will – you can get their skin in blue, and you can change their hair, and you can take take the strings out of the inside of them and change their arms into and legs into hoods. I mean, it, they're really awesome the way that people dress them up to look like themselves, or Lolitas will have matching outfits that match their dolls. Um, and the lady, Tina Black, who runs it is really awesome and fun. Her panels are always fun. Um, and then, of course, we have the Silk Road Expo, and we have uh, Phoenicia Always Dances in it, who is the uh, belly dance workshop teacher at Dragon Con. Um, and she's usually under workshop. She's not on my track, but she comes and performs in the Expo. And we also have a Persian dancer who's coming to uh, a lady who teaches classical Persian dance. She's going to be teaching a workshop as well as the history of Persian dance and performing in the expo also, which is the expo is Saturday night. Um, and we'll have a martial artist doing a demonstration at the expo as well as we have Sabutai Masashi comes every year and he does um, exhibitions on Saturday and Sunday and then he has a Q&A afterwards so you can go and talk to him and ask him about the Japanese martial arts style. Um, we also, like I said, kawaii culture um, and then we also, this year, we're trying something new with Lolita. We're doing feminism in Lolita fashion because Lolita is so misunderstood as far as what it's about and why 
Japanese women like to dress like little um, dolls, basically, uh, especially with the, the clothing from the Victorian era and what that whole culture is all about. Um, so that's going to be an interesting panel. It's, we're trying it this year, and I hope it goes well. Um, and some new stuff that we have, we have an acupuncturist, um, a licensed acupuncturist who's going to come and talk about acupuncture and um that should be really exciting because I was always curious about that personally. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing to have there. Yeah, so it's going to really cover wow, you, a lot. Yes, so it's not lot. just it's not just kung fu and wuxia movies, right? Although we do, we are trying some something else new. We're trying an interactive martial arts screening on um, Sunday night, where we're going to show four hours of films run back to back, and it's interactive, so. We have a Godzilla theater, which has been very successful on Monday mornings. It's 11.30 Monday mornings, and it's been for the four years that I've been running the track. And basically, we show the old movies from Japan with the doves, and people in the audience do this um, calling out. And we have trivia and prizes and, you know, sometimes puzzles and a lot of fun things going on. But it's Basically, you get to geek out with all your friends and be loud in the theater when you're not supposed to be normally. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. So we're going to try that with the martial arts, too, on uh, on Sunday night and see how it goes. Very cool. Um, is there now, have you noticed that uh, your track uh, attendance has been expanding over the years? It has been. Um, several of our panels over the past um, couple of years have been over capacity. And we've managed to kind of um, we had we have an or, we usually have several origami panels over the weekend and they always max out so we have overflow rooms this year, um, and we had one panel that was particularly troubling. On um, last year, I decided to do the same exact panel twice, and it was an origami. It's adult origami, and um, <laughs> the description is actually for mature audiences. Learn to fold some naughty out of paper to impress your friends. Okay. And that panel broke room capacity twice. And the second panel, we used two other rooms. And one of those rooms we used twice to fill in everybody that would stay. Oh, wow. To be able um, to get when them to when do is this? I got to see this. <laughs> adult origami, folding naughty bits. So this year, we're going to do it in a ballroom. And so that will be fun. Friday night in a ballroom at 10 p.m., the International South, we're going to have lots of adults folding naughty bits out of paper. Wow. That's <laughs> I know. Go figure. I know where Mike and I will be. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it should be fun. It should be fun. I love the interactive stuff that we do, like that and the dance show and, you know, the interactive uh, screening of old film. Uh, so, you know. It's exciting. It's so Absolute, fun. Absolutely. It sounds like a, it's a great time. Uh, over the years, have you had um, any particular uh, panels or, or events that you that are outstanding for you? Um, well, I always enjoy the shows, so I work hard at those. But I think um, things always seem to surprise me, like the, the Godzilla, the interactive Godzilla theater showing, theater style showing. It just... The first time I did, I wasn't able to go. Something else was going on, and I didn't make it until the towards the end. And then the next year when I went, 
it was just so much fun. It's at the end of the con. You can just sit back and relax and let it all hang loose and just have fun. Um, nice. So that one, that one was really fun. That's why I'm hoping the martial arts panel in the same fashion will do as well. Uh-huh. That it will be that much fun. Um, a couple other things. There's some of the panelists are just awesome. Some of these people that come, you know, they have a passion for what they're talking about and they love sharing it. And that's always so much fun. I would imagine that this is a pretty big venue for them as well. For Dragon, for Dragon Con being a big venue, yes. Yeah, for, so, for for a lot for of the guests. Of them, I mean, yeah. I don't know of how many, you know, um, sort of conventions or events or gatherings that there are for for just, you know, covering, you know, the Asian cinema culture, you know, Mecca, you know? Right. Exactly, so, yeah. I mean, there's things like G-Fest and everything like that, but that's that's just specialized, you know? And Dragon Con is so big that if you can't find something to do, yeah, you're, you're not in you're, trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not, you didn't look at the book. <laughs> you need to open your app, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking of which, where, uh, where is your room located? We're in the Hyatt in the Piedmont room, which is um, the on the International Tower side in the basement. You can get to it from, from either elevator, but it's the bottom floor. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and, and obviously for a lot of events, uh, come early so that you can make sure you get in and get a seat, right? Yeah. We try to, we try to have, we have several, we have probably a quarter of our rooms are in international ballrooms right now. The show is, and, um, a couple of martial arts demonstrations are in there. Um, the dance classes are in the international ballroom. And the adult origami is going to be in the international ballroom. So, right. Yeah. And then we have overflow rooms for ones that we're pretty sure are going to be maxed out. That's a, yeah, that's amazing. Um, it, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like there's just a lot of fun to be had. Um, do you have particular guests yet or? Um, well, Sabatai Masashi, who's the Japanese martial artist, is coming, um, and he's the one doing the two martial arts demonstrations. Okay. Um, and then we have Phoenicia, um, like I said, is going to be in the show. Um, I did lose out on a couple of guests who weren't coming, um, but that's that's our big name guests. A lot of the other people, like um, Leah Benson, who's doing the Persian uh, in Central Asia, she runs a blog, and she does... Um, she does studies in, um, uh, she's doing a, a, actually, let me find it, a trance dance and altered states panel on, um, the neurophysical and psychological aspects of trance dance in Sufism, Gudra, uh, and shamanism, shamanism and Budan. And so she does, you know, she studies pretty intensely, um, I'm not sure she's working on what, what degree she's working on, but she's written papers on feminism and belly dance. And, you know, she's one of my friends that that I I draw upon her to add a little extra, you know, in-depth knowledge to the panels. And um, so I'm excited to have her, but most of our, most of our panelists are, volunteers even the acupuncturist was coming anyway and they're like hey i can do this on acupuncture and i was like that would be awesome wow 
Wow. We would Do love you know, to have you. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you know when that is already? The acupuncture? Yeah. I have it set for 1130 on Saturday. Okay. So it'll be right after the parade. Yeah, yeah. People might need it then. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> After walking through the parade, you need to learn about this Eastern medicine practice. <laughs> exactly. they have, they have um, uh, now they have, um, what do you call it, acupressure, where you don't use needles, you use pressure. Okay. So we might be able to ask him a little bit about that, too. That, it's fascinating stuff. I, I definitely uh, going to try to see if I can get down there as well. Um, and I definitely encourage everybody to check it out. Um, uh, use the app, use the, the actual program book, the, the, you know, people still use that. Um, so, uh, those yep. are, uh, vital things to have and, and yeah, check it out. Especially like, like Kara said, there's just no excuse for not having anything to do. So if something that, you know, uh, some other big function is sold out, I bet you there's something really cool going on down uh, to where you guys are. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. And, and you, and, you know, like I said, get there early too. Cause it sounds like some of your events, uh, uh, are pretty tight, uh, as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. Anything else that uh, you want to tell people about your track before? Um, uh... Oh, uh, not even specifically about my track. Please, please rate with the app if you oh, can yes. or go online and rate the panels because it really helps me to know what worked and what didn't work and what you'd like to see. And you can always contact me through the um, DragonCon website or just email me silkroad at dragoncon.org and I'll answer your question as quickly as I can. But, you know, if you have something to offer or want to add suggestions, I love getting feedback. Very cool. And you also have a Facebook page as well, right? Yes. Yes. And that's open discussion type thing. Yeah, it would be Dragon Con Silk Road. Awesome. On Facebook. It's a group. And we'll definitely have that link as well as any others uh, related to your track on our show notes and on our website. So Cool. Thank you so much for joining us, Kira. It's been really fun learning about the Silk Road. Yay. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And now joining us, uh, our our third rookie to the Earth Station One uh, Dragon Con special, a, another track director that uh, I definitely wanted to have her included. Uh, this is Shannon Chestnut from the Apocalypse Rising track. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So um, how long have you been going to, or what's your association, what's your history with Dragon Con? Oh, goodness. Um, I first attended Dragon Con 15 years ago. So this will be my 15th year. Um, Congratulations. I, thank you. Yeah. And I actually just got my 10-year um, award for being a volunteer. So oh, wow. it's been a while. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I started going to Dragon Con like anybody else, like a fan. Um, there was this little New Zealand apocalyptic TV show called The Tribe that was coming, and I would, just had to see it. So a bunch of friends and I went, and I fell in love with Dragon Con. It didn't take very long, and I've been going ever since. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, and, and how did you get started or involved with the Apocalypse Rising track? Um, I actually got involved that first year. Um, the Apocalypse Rising track has had a couple different variations we've evolved over the years. We actually started out as the tribe track, so a track just for that tiny little New Zealand show. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty impressive considering, like, maybe a couple dozen people watched it. <laughs> right. Um, but after the show, 
you know, met its timely demise and in time went on, it kind of evolved into the apocalypse rising and included everything post-apocalyptic, apocalyptic survivalism. And I just volunteered and through the years and eventually worked my way up to being the director when the previous director um, ended up going a different route. Okay. Um, and so what, what does now post-apocalyptic, so we got that, um, obviously that entails a lot. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess a lot of people think, you know, probably almost instantly of zombies. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so, so you've got that going for you. <laughs> we do. We definitely have that going for us. So, so what else, what else is, uh, does your track cover, uh, that's post-apocalyptic there? We cover everything we can think of from the fantasy aspect like zombies and, you know, post-apocalyptic movies and TV shows to more realistic things. Like we have a first aid panel that covers this year. It's going to be about what you would need to have medically in what's called a bug out bag for the first 72 hours after a disaster. Um, we have survivalist panels, like if the big one hits or, you know, you are without power for however long, what you should eat or what you can eat. Um, so, yeah, we kind of run the gamut. We try to give a little something to everybody. That's really cool. And I would imagine with one of the biggest uh, movies this year, of course, was Mad Max, the return of that franchise. Uh-huh, yes. I- I'm guessing you've got some programming to cover that. We definitely do. We've got um, one panel, definitely, and we're looking to try and squeeze a second one in as well. But we're definitely going to cover the franchise, you know, from before, from the original one up through the newest. It's going to be, it'll be a lot of fun. It's a good panel. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, not only was it, you know, uh, I I personally like the movie, so so not only was it refreshing to have the movie come out and it'd be really great, but it's just, it's kind of great to have that that punk uh post-apocalyptic stuff come back again because it's been a long time for me that we've seen that kind of thing so it has been yeah and i'm really looking forward to all the cosplay oh yeah it's gonna i'm sure that's gonna be huge yeah so that's really awesome so what else uh, what else kind of uh what's your like bigger panels obviously do you have uh some some nighttime events we do have some nighttime events um on friday night we have our zombie walk so, oh you, yes, that's yes. so. You guys are doing that. So you guys do that. Yeah, we do. We do. We do it every year. I think this that's is that's our- really awesome, and it's creepy too. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy and it's big and it's fun and yeah, it's just it's nuts. Um, so that'll be Friday night starting at about eight thirty, and. and- and for those people who don't know, so this is, I mean, this is not like, yeah, this is like, if it really feels like, especially if you're not familiar with it, it really feels like there's been a zombie outbreak in one of the hotels and everything is just chaos. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like a zombie parade, but with like a massive entourage following it around. Yes. <laughs> but it is, it's a sight to behold. Absolutely. Um, and it's actually going to end up, the, the end point is our prom. We have a zombie prom every year. Okay. Um, so that'll be starting at 10 o'clock in the Sheridan. And that'll, we've got, um, we've got DJ Mike Cubs, who's also going to be doing the VIP event at the aquarium on Saturday. Um, he's going to be DJing for us at the zombie prom. There'll be, you know, dancing and a 
contest, a costume contest to see who's the prom king and queen. Um, we'll have photographers so you can take prom photos. Like there'll be all kinds of stuff going on. And of course there'll be cash bars as well. Cause you know, that's a given. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So that's, so that's Friday. Yep. And yep, then, uh, do you have like any you know big events on, uh, on Saturday as well? Um, we do. We have a bunch of stuff going on. Um, we I know have- that a lot of the programming, of course, is subject to change right now because it's still, <laughs> you know, being, uh, you know, submitted and approved and everything. But yes. uh, the th- the, like uh, you, you must have events that you do like annually sort of thing, right? Oh, most definitely. But like we say, nothing's final until 10 minutes after it's started. <laughs> That's um, right. So keep that in mind. But on Saturday, we've got Rob Fitz coming and he is a professional FX artist. And he's actually going to do a demo on zombie makeup. Oh, cool. So he'll actually pick somebody from the audience and bring them up and do makeup for an hour. And he'll talk about what he's doing. He'll answer questions. He'll show you how he's doing things um, to kind of help you with your zombie costuming. So it's for everything from beginners to somebody who does it and just wants to learn more about it. Um, Now... With um, the zombies in particular, because Atlanta seems to you know be known as the zombie capital because of things like Walking Dead and all that, um, yeah. do you guys pull a lot of resources, local resources, from that for your track? We do. We try. We definitely try to. Um, most of my team is local to Atlanta, and they have a lot of connections. I myself am actually in California. So it makes things slightly challenging on that point, but we like to pull in as many locals as possible. And I mean, with the CDC in Atlanta um, and all the different, like you said, it's like zombie culture out there. Um, It's really easy to find specialists and experts. That's uh, that must be challenging. I think out of most of the directors that we talked to, I think you're like, the, the farthest one. <laughs> I am. I am. They always check in on me every year. They're like, are you sure you're okay coming this far? Well, I'd be coming regardless, so I might as well be running the programming that I love. There you go. And uh, and and plus, I, I would imagine maybe even some distance away from Atlanta gives you a little bit more peace of mind than, than uh, you're not as close to it, you know? Yeah, it's a, I am not as close. And it also gives perspective in terms of you know, I'm not in the South, so we have different things when we're looking at, like, natural disasters. Like, earthquakes are my natural disaster. It's not a hurricane or whatnot. So it adds a little different perspective to, to the programming that we do as well. Gotcha. Now, uh, from all your years uh, at DragonCon, are there any particular events that stand out for you as being particularly memorable? Oh, my goodness. That is a very big question to ask. Of course. <laughs> Oh, they, ew, they all kind of blurred together. <laughs> I can't think of one in particular, but I just love at the end of the night going into um, the Marriott and now it's like the Pulse Lounge or whatnot and sure. just standing around and meeting people, seeing the costumes, um, you know, bumping into this guest or that guest. And I love that it's just a casual, fun, energetic environment. It's one of my favorite things to do every year. I would imagine that, uh, and I'm not, you know, trying to uh, make the the big comparison, which is always made between Dragon Con and and something like San Diego. But I would imagine since you're out there, you're probably for you is is even more of a uh, of a 
sort of a an, not an issue, but just sort of like you can you can see the difference. Oh yeah, definitely. They're night and day. I love Comic Con. I go to Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con every year, but it's very much a professional. It's an industry convention in Absolutely. a lot of ways. And Dragon Con is fan run. It's all done by, you know, fans and volunteers. And I think that's just what makes it extremely, extremely special and what gives such a great experience to all of the attendees. Because yeah. we're fans doing programming for people who are into the same stuff as us. Absolutely. Um, so where is the um, Apocalypse Rising track room? We are in the Westin. Um, on Chastain 1 and 2. So basically, you walk into the Westin and you just keep walking past the escalators, and that's where we'll be. Gotcha, yes. I actually believe that last year uh, I was actually um, on a panel. Uh, it was a zombie panel. So uh, that was in that room. And it, you're right. It is you just walk in and you just keep going until you're in the room. <laughs> yep, you can't miss us. <laughs> the door, that's us. Just open it and walk on in. So, so that was very fun. Uh, so, um, so, and if people want to contact you before, reach out, uh, find out a little bit more about um, the track and what's going on um, before Dragon Con, I know that you guys, you do have a Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page. It's um, Apoc underscore Rising. We also have a website, which is not updated. That's what we're doing right now. Now that we've kind of tentatively finalized our schedule, we're going to okay. be updating our website. Um, but that's apocalypserising.dragoncon.org. Gotcha. Um, we have a Twitter account, AR underscore um, track. I think that's what that is. But you can just search for Apocalypse Rising and we'll come up. So there's definitely tons of ways to reach us. And there's also our email listed on each of those. And if nothing else, feel free to shoot us a Facebook message or email, and we'll be happy to answer any questions anybody has. Awesome. I uh, Yeah, we'll have the links for your track um, uh, on our show notes as well as on our website so that people can easily go check that out uh, who are listening to the podcast. So anything else you want to um, reveal about uh, your track this year? Um, we do. Well, as everybody knows, apocalyptic television is huge right now. It seems like any channel you turn on, there's something, there's some world that's ending on TV. Um, so, <laughs> and that's just, that's just the news. No, just I know, right? <laughs> that's not even prime time yet. <laughs> but this year we do have cast members coming from Defiance, um, sci-fi's TV show. So Quite a guys. few, in fact. We do. We have four. As that's of right amazing. Now. Um, there might be more added. There might not. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, right now we've got four, including um, Stephanie Leonidas, who is, plays Arissa, the one of the two main characters. So that's huge. And then we, yeah, and then we've also got cast members from the 100 coming, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, it'll be their first time at Dragon Con, which is always awesome for both the guests and the attendees. Yeah, they always walk around with their eyes are huge. They're like saucers, right? (laughs) They really are. They don't know what to make of it. They always end up having an excellent time, but it's a little like deer in headlights at first. (laughs) Yeah, because even if they've done other shows like San Diego or even, you know, some of the other conventions out there, Dragon Con is just its own beast. It is. It is, most definitely. Um, But yeah, so we're excited to invite um, three of the cast members from the 100, and they'll be doing Q&As pretty much every day. Awesome. 
Yeah, and as far as that goes, I mean, we've just got everything, really. I just suggest looking at our schedule once we get it up on our website um, and seeing what speaks to you, what interests you. Um, we have fan panels talking about the TV shows. We have, like I said, we have um, actual EMTs coming in, some local Atlanta EMTs that are going to teach, like, um, disaster first aid and and basically chemically what you should have in your bug out bag and then we've got fun stuff talking about zombies like if zombieism was real what would the science behind it be like what would it act like what would it do um, so we've got a little bit of everything we've got a lot of ground to cover but we think we have a really really interesting um, schedule this year I think there's gonna be something for everybody and and for those people who find the, either the attendance or just the whole weekend so overwhelming, they feel like the world's going to end. You know, <laughs> the, the, you're the perfect track. You're the perfect room for them. We are. We can co- come in. We'll give you tips. We'll give you water. <laughs> we always have snacks on hand. We understand. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, very cool. Well, definitely, uh, if we don't get a chance to talk to you before then, um, have a have a great Dragon Con. Um, uh, hope to see you there as well. I hope we can make it over there um, and, and check it out as well. Um, but. Uh, again, people, uh, you're you're found in the Westin, and you know we're going to post the links to uh, your track on our show notes as well. Awesome, fantastic! Thank you so much for having me. Come on, I love talking about this stuff, and I hope you know everybody finds it interesting and can find something they want to attend. Absolutely, thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good one. And last but certainly not least, we do have uh, another member of the uh, track directors with us. Uh, for Again, another one for the first time here on the Earth Station One uh, special. It's uh, Sue Phillips of the Science Fiction Literature Track. Welcome to the station, Sue. Well, thank you, Mike. It's my pleasure. Um, so tell me, how long have you been associated or uh, when was your first Dragon Con? My first Dragon Con was Probably before, well, that's hard to remember, actually. <laughs> it was, was more that than long 20 ago, years was it? Ago. Okay. It was more than 20 years ago, yeah. Wow, okay, so yeah. I've actually been working for 20 years. Wow, because, yeah, I've been going for about a little over 20 years myself to Dragon Con. So, um, yeah, we can remember when it was a small a small show, uh, or smaller, yeah. right? Smaller, um, yes. <laughs> um, so, and, and were you all, uh, were you involved with the volunteer uh with the tracks already at that time or were you just an attendee uh at that time i was just a um uh, attendee sure sure uh, and, uh, go ahead no and i was gonna say not you know when i say just an attendee i'm not you know saying anything bad oh, about no, attendees no. or anything <laughs> i don't mean to denigrate just being an attendee no 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 just, not at all i've been a volunteer for so long it's sometimes hard to remember sure sure but obviously there was something about the experience where you said hey i want to become part of this right oh yeah yeah i I liked it a lot um i remember being i was a big babylon 5 fan at the time yep and i kind of fell into helping with the babylon 5 track so very cool because that was really a big deal back then i can remember Mm -hmm. Um, huge, huge lines for like more than almost anything else at the at Dragon Con. The, the, the Babylon Five um, 
uh, grouping was uh, some of the most popular programming that they had. Well, we we thought so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I Babylon Five was probably my favorite show. Maybe I'm not going to say of all time, but it was intelligent science fiction with Absolutely. good performances and yeah, I was really into it. So when did you get involved, uh, if you can remember, uh, with the science fiction literature track? Uh, that would have been when it started about, oh, God, I'm a bad director. I don't even remember how long I've been a director because they didn't have a literature track before me. Wow. So this was your idea? Well, no, it wasn't my idea, but they decided when they decided they wanted one, uh, they asked me to be the director, and gotcha. so far it's just been me. <laughs> I uh, and that's another thing about Dragon Con that I've always appreciated too, because they do have the celebrities. You do get your people from the movies and TV, you know, um, in front of the cameras uh, there at Dragon Con. Of course, they have a presence, but I've always liked the fact that at Dragon Con, uh, you get really quality uh, working professional science fiction writers there too. Yeah, I, I of course love that. Uh, I was going to what they call literary conventions for many years before Dragon Con, you know, even first started. So I had met a number of the writers of the day, and I really enjoyed talking to them. My my very first Dragon Con in 94, the very first panel that I went on was Alan Dean Foster. Oh, Yeah. So, uh, so I definitely, you know, uh, can relate to, to, uh, you know, the writers, uh, being there and they always, like I said, have a really good uh, caliber of, uh, of writers there. So tell us a little bit about the science fiction literature track. What do you guys, do you guys, uh, spotlight, um, uh, current work, uh, past work or uh, everything? We cover everything. Uh, I'd like to make it as, uh, all reaching as possible. Uh, when we started, we was a science fiction and fantasy literature track, but uh, about three years ago, they split us off. Um, so, but but I try to cover uh, hard science, military science fiction, uh, anything that doesn't fall directly into the realm of fantasy. Okay. Okay. I, I see in the description it says uh, debate the merits of hard science versus space opera. So you've got that uh, sort of uh, mm -hmm. fun uh, debate going on in, in the room. Right. Uh, we do that. Um, we, we have a lot of debates about a lot of things. Um, in fact, this year one of our first panels is called Definitions, in which we try to define science fiction which can mean many things to many people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that that's uh, so that that's going to take what uh, a day. <laughs> <laughs> it could if we let it, but no, unfortunately, that's just going to be one panel of an hour's length on Friday. Awesome. <laughs> now, in addition to sort of talking about you know current past work, uh, do you also have uh, panels on uh, for people who are interested in writing science fiction? Well, I don't so much as uh, the writer's track, which oh, absolutely. coincidentally right. happens to be right across the hall from my track room. So gotcha. you can just bounce back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, like. is that in the Hyatt? 
That's in the Hyatt in the International Tower on the Embassy Ballroom level. Okay, cool. I'm in Embassy A and B, and Nancy Knight, who runs the Riders Track, is in Embassy C, no D E and F, and then C is the Fantasy Track. Gotcha. Ha- We're have all you n- right there. Have you have you noticed over the years just a, an absolute increase in in traffic to your to your panels? Well, since since I've been there, yes. Uh, when we started life, we were down in the uh, motor lobby of the Hyatt in two small rooms, uh, Cortland and Fairley. Wow. And uh, there was a lot of um, traffic, but we were opposite from one of the other uh, fairly high traffic tracks. And sometimes the halls got a little crowded, but we handled it. And we have a uh, this room that we're in now is slightly larger, yay! And um, the um, the flow is better, I think. So uh, we do all right. Well, good. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of uh, panels do you do? You have sort of some nighttime events that go on as well. Um, our last panel is usually at ten p.m., um, which gives the, those panelists. A, chance to you know, talk as long as they want really because there's nothing else coming into the room after that uh-huh. but and I do that because I like to give my volunteers uh, time to rest or <laughs> or rest. party or rest you know, yeah you know <laughs> I'm weird that way <laughs> or party or you know whatever they might want to do and then come back fresh in the morning for another round of wrangling writers. Wrangling writers. Which is uh, kind of like wrangling cats. Absolutely. It can it be anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely know that it can be. Sure. Um, yeah. Do you already have a tentative schedule right now? or I, mean, I, I do. I, okay. I do have a tentative schedule. Um, I have not put it up, out for public consumption because it is tentative. Sure. But we have a Yahoo group where I have uh, posted it for uh, those people who are members or who want to join. It's open to to people who are interested in reading. Okay. And I, see you, I see you also have a uh, Facebook page and Twitter account. So you've got all the social media covered. We do. We do. I don't think we have an Instagram account yet, but yet. I'll have to look into that. Right. Uh, well, well, it's writing, not not pictures. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, that's true. Very good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, over the years, are there any uh, particular memories that you have that stand out uh, that you've experienced at DragonCon? Um, in my track or sure. elsewhere? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, either way. Well, I was overjoyed when we got Larry Niven. As yes. our literary guest of honor. Yes. I met Larry many years ago at one of these other literary conventions. And he was also always a joy to talk to. And I had hoped to get Jerry Purnell at one time, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. We'll see. Hmm. And, uh, and do, but, you, do you already have a tentative guest list of who's who's going to be on your track this year? I do. Our literary guest of honor this year is Peter F. Hamilton. Right, He's visiting us from over the pond, uh, being British. <laughs> right. 
And um, I just discovered his writing actually this year, and I I really like him. He writes <laughs> sweeping, you know, epics. So I, I'm pleased at that. I always like adding a new writer. Of course, that makes my to be read pile even higher. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're not just a a track director. You're actually a, a big fan of this as well, and and spend the off season sort of reading up on on everybody. I try to. Yeah. I, if if we have a guest come in like Mr. Hamilton that I've not been familiar with before, I try to read you know, at least one or two of his works. That's very cool. Before, uh, before I meet him. So outside of uh, the uh, esteemed Larry Niven, is there anybody else that you've sort of geeked out that you've been able to to, to meet at DragonCon? Well, I don't know if I want to embarrass myself. <laughs> I, try, I, I really, really don't like fangirling. Right. Over, overtly fangirling. But I kind of fangirled Scott Bakula. Okay, okay. Well, uh, that, that's understandable. Okay, well, thank you, thank you. But I didn't want to. I really didn't want to. And then these words came out of my mouth. <laughs> you know and what? He was very nice. But <laughs> um, a, a very similar thing has happened to me, not with Scott Bakula, but. Uh, um, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I'd be so. interested if it was. No. <laughs> Um, I did actually meet Scott Bakula when he was at Dragon Con. So, oh, cool. uh, we, we yeah. talked, we talked about, uh, the, um, uh, the, the, the dog character that was on Enterprise, Porthos, and how they went uh, through, they went through a, a number of them, I guess, during the, the, the duration of the show. So well, not that, not, not from because of anything bad. It's just, you know, they just, uh, they swapped yeah. out the eagle every once in a while, but so, but yeah, cause you can have interesting talks about dogs at Dragon Con. Um, yes, you can. I, I've, <laughs> I've heard that now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is there uh, so for for people who want to check out the science fiction literature track? Um, you've got uh, the the guests there. You've got debates. I assume that um, uh, hard science versus sp- space opera is not the only sort of issue that you you guys uh, take on. Oh no, we have we have much more lighthearted issues as well. Uh, one of our favorite uh, a popular offerings is Starship Smackdown. Is that hosted by Van Allen Plexico? It is. It we is. love Van Allen Plexico. So do we. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it's, I got to be a judge last year. Uh, my first time experiencing it, and it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. So, that is, he has a blast doing that. Yes, he does. He does. I'm very grateful that he gives his time to my track and and he is quite the accomplished uh science fiction spa- more space opera writer as well but, he is he uh, is I, I, do, space opera. I do absolutely love his books as well so well very cool definitely you can find him there so um any other guests that you're um okay to reveal right now well i, I i'm doing three showcases this is where i have a single writer and someone either asking him questions or them talking for whatever they want to talk about. Uh, this year it's uh, Eric Flint, Todd McCaffrey, and Chuck Gannon. Wow, uh, okay. You may think Todd McCaffrey's an odd choice, but his own writing is science fiction, not fantasy. Even gotcha. though his mom's, of course. Well, his, 
Anne always insisted that her dragons were science fiction, not fantasy. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? When you did say Todd McCaffrey, I was like, wait, isn't that? Uh... So thanks for clarifying that up. I, I, I must admit, I haven't. So does he have a, a pretty good um, uh, resume outside of the Pern books? Um, he does. Um, I don't think he has a huge opus as of yet on his own. Okay. But uh, he has completed some of his uh, mother's works as yes. well as working on his own. So. Yeah, and and I've read enough of the uh, the Dragon books. There is a, a lot of science fiction. A lot of uh, it's kind mm-hmm. of a nice blending of of both fantasy and science fiction. So. I agree. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that drew me to them when I first started reading them many many moons ago. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, very cool. So, people, if you are interested in uh, finding out the latest and greatest of what's going on with science fiction literature, definitely check out the uh, the science fiction literature track at the um, basement of the. It's, is it? Yeah, is it actually the bottom floor of the Hyatt? No, we're not in the basement anymore. Oh, that's right. That's right. You said that you're not in the basement. We're in the on the embassy level in the international tower of the Hyatt. Awesome, awesome. Well, I have to peep in and see you guys. Uh, I um, I'm usually in the comic room in the, in the Hyatt, so. Uh, well, I I'll hope you to... come by and see us. Yeah. I definitely will try to do that, especially if I can uh, 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 bug Van a little bit. <laughs> sure. We like bugging Van. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Sue. We will have the, um, uh, like I said, the links to the Yahoo group as well as the Facebook, Twitter, and all that uh, on our show notes so that people can check it out. Very good. Thanks Thank so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. And so we draw once again a close to another episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2015 special report. Big thanks to all of the track directors for their precious time during this intense countdown to the big event. Uh, that includes costume track Lee Cox, uh, Silk Road track director Kira Lang, Apocalypse Rising track director Shannon Chestnut, and the science fiction literature track director, Sue Phillips. Thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. Um, and thank you guys, our, our would-be standby. No, uh, that's the wrong word. <laughs> what are we, Mike? What are actually, we, Gene? Just Mike? tell us, Mike. We? I'm actually waving. If you could see me, I'm waving my arms like Kermit. I, I, <laughs> You're just excited that Kermit's coming uh, to Dragon Con. I'm about to karate chop you like Miss Piggy. Keep going. Hi. Keep digging that grave, yeah. buddy boy. <laughs> I think I was looking for stalwart, not standby. Stalwart? Yeah, we'll take it. Sure. Eh, what uh, the hell? What? Uh, stalwart station crew. <laughs> uh, thanks once again for, for being on the station, Mary. Absolutely. Anytime. And and thank you, Darren. Yeah, you're welcome. It's going to cost you a muffin basket. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Mike. Of course, none of this would be possible. It's you. my pleasure, sir. And finally, uh, by the way, I have to announce that we will be doing two, that's right, two live recordings of ESO-related material at DragonCon. We will, oh, be, we cool. will be doing, of course... Earth Station Who Live with the Brit Tracks Saturday at 2.30 p.m. in the making room. Of course, times can be changed depending on if they add new guests. So uh, come check us out. We're going to be talking about Is the Doctor a Good Man? 
basically we're going to be talking about morality on Doctor Who. So it should be a lot of fun. And we'll be recording that as a live podcast for, you know, future broadcast. Then, of course, we're just ready to announce this. 8.30 p.m. on Sunday night. We are going to be in the podcast tracking room in the Hilton. We are going to be doing ESO Live. And we are going to be looking at the state of geekdom in 2015. So it should be a lot of fun. Two live podcasts, and you can actually get on the air live with us. So if you uh, stop by to either one of us and stop by, say howdy, just not while we're talking during the recording. That's sometimes bad and such. And we might have other news about an unofficial meet and greet for ESO, too. Absolutely. So that might be happening on Thursday night over by the Hyatt uh, Bar, because we want our buckets of rum. Absolutely, we do. Yes. So, and when do we want them? Now. now. All right. <laughs> that can't come soon enough. <laughs> um, we try to cover all we can with these specials, but uh, to keep up with the latest news, as I said, please check out the official Dragon Con website, Facebook page, and almost all the tracks. Uh, all the tracks I know of have. Facebook groups, uh, Twitter accounts for the latest information. Uh, they're all accessible. We're going to have links to the people that we talk to uh, on our show notes so that you can reach out to them uh, to find out more information about their tracks. But all of the track directors uh, have uh, social media links um, and um, groups so that you can interact with them directly. So, And we encourage you to do so. Um, ESO can we encourage you to talk to us as well? Uh, we can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. Yeah, that's not a thing anymore, is it? No. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, you can contact us on Google Plus, but it, yeah, um, we'll be there maybe. I don't know. Um, Stitcher, Instagram, we are everywhere on social media. We want you to be part of the station, so please feel free to reach out to us. Um, help support the ESO podcast by donating via PayPal, purchasing very cool ESO merchandise from our Zazzle store, or filling up your cart at our Amazon e-store. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.